the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 254 After Party Edition, recapping results in a live chat format on my YouTube channel. Let's party. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree, people sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What's going on everybody? Uh, Dan Tom here with MMA Junkie Line Movement and this is uh, on my channel so it's going to go on the Protect Your Neck podcast which you can subscribe to an Apple podcast going to do the obligatory Walk and talk as people start to pile in here. You can put your questions in the chat. UFC 254 just ended. That's what we're going to be talking about uh, and recapping here. So I'm going to give a quick share, and uh, we'll be on our way here. Just like I do with the uh, Protect Your Neck Podcast Breakdown Editions, I usually go from top to bottom, so that's what I'll do here. Um, I'll recap the results from top to bottom. Um no crazy victory lap in here or anything like that. It'll go kind of as long as, as you guys want to and as long as you guys want to chat or have any questions, which you can always put in the side. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm going to steadily work my way from top to bottom. I just saw who got the bonuses, so we'll be able to talk about that. We'll be able to talk about Khabib's retirement. Anything else you guys want to talk about outside or inside the results of the fight? So I share my age trying to share this video link here. Yeah, see that? You hear that? It's awful, folks. Hey, there we go. Hopefully you guys are doing well. It's kind of weird on the time zones. It's daytime, so I'm just kind of loaded up on coffee and ready to go and need somewhere to put this energy. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to add this tweet, and we'll be, we'll be ready to go here. Go on and pile in. for spamming your feeds with this stuff. I'm the worst, but uh, I'm the worst at promoting myself, but you know, I do it sometimes. So apologies for that. It's shared. All right. All right, let's do this. All right, what's up, guys? Again, Dan Tom here, uh, the Protect Neck Podcast. Going to recap from top to bottom. Feel free to dump any of your thoughts, questions, Whatever you want in the chat, we're going to work from top to bottom here. Um, no, uh, I don't really watch much of the post events. I remember like back in the day, like always had to watch weigh-ins live, look at the photos at MMAJunkie.com and like watch all the post-fight things. I don't know if it's like since the, uh, you know, the Fox era of upping shows, the Reebok era, or just this overdrive era of shows like, you know, or the, the day after weigh-ins, all these kind of things kind of, those rituals out for me so if you guys are watching that and anything drops big that you think i should know or want me to talk about feel free to drop that in there in the chat as i say that i know i just opened the door to be trolled with some hashtag fake news right it's okay careful if it's on the prompter burgundy will read it of course could be nermaga made off uh, defeated justin gaethje in the second round um which you know he, he seemed like he he knew what he wanted to do in there uh, second round submission, technical submission, um, is it nonetheless? Because uh, he went out. Let's see how they uh, wrote it up there. Of, cur- of course, uh, sh- <laughs> I 
bad mouth anybody, but uh, certain places are a little late with that. Yep. Um, no, just just list as a triangle choke. Round two, 134 of round two. So, yeah, fight went uh, six minutes and 34 seconds total. Um, I picked Nurmaga made up, but I'm going to be a bit later. I thought uh, Justin's first layer of defensive footwork was going to pose a bit more problems. We saw glimpses of that real early, but uh, boy, did it fade fast. Um, it, it was really beautiful. Shouts to the uh, coach Eric Nixick, who joined us uh, on the line movement MMA betting show earlier this week. Um, where he was explaining to uh, me and uh, my co-host Dan that, you know, as far as Khabib striking, uh, you know, it's somewhere in the middle. And he explained it the best, you know, because some people overrate it, uh, some people underrate it. Um, which one is it going to be? And um, it really he just plays off the level changes as simple as it sounds. But Eric was really spot on. Um, it could be a, perhaps a reason why, you know, Gaethje and Poirier looked quote unquote bad. Not that they would have won the fights, but I do think it's fair to say without crying over spilt milk and falling into that territory that, you know, it, it is woulda, shoulda, coulda territory. But yeah, you would have liked to have seen this or maybe a little more of that, even in a losing effort. Right. And I think a lot of that is the pressure from Khabib. Um, he was going to be able to push Khabib back. All iterations of Khabib is always the seated space. And Gaethje, even against the most voracious pressure fighters like a, a Tony Ferguson, has been able to get those guys to step back. So that wasn't a surprise early, but it was going to be trouble if Habib didn't um, fix it. And uh, that's why I kind of use the Edson Barbosa parallel. And, you know, again, people are like, Barbosa sucks or whatever, which is not true, but just that's the gen pop reaction. You know, he's a 45er now who Gaethje knocked out. Like, that's not the point. That's not how the math works. Not that I subscribe to the MMA math, but uh, more so a kicking threat as far as that parallel or parody that Barbosa offered. Uh, the kicking threat was going to force Khabib's pressure game, and we saw kind of the best Khabib for it up until tonight, right? And so uh, it, 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 if I will give myself credit on anything, I guess, which I, I dare I cringe even saying that, um, is the fact that I did compare that fight and it brought out an even better performance of Khabib, you know, his best performance to date and ever, you know, cause he retired now, I guess, because as soon as those kicks and you saw him reacting, I mean, Khabib's got a great poker face, you know, chick, 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 only they chick me. Uh, but uh, you know, he, he, uh, he's got a good, he's got a good, uh, a, a good poker face, but you know, those kicks were bothering him. And as soon as they started landing, that's when the pressure and the more fluidity uh, of the game started working for Habib. And even when he could take t uh, get takedowns, and it was after he briefly scored the first, you almost saw Habib grinning like he knew that the pressure was forcing Gaethje backwards. The pressure was forcing Gaethje to tire, forcing Gaethje to use energy in ways he's not supposed to. And when you're tense using energy, that's when your striking looks bad, you know. Uh, and Gaethje's not a bad striker, obviously. He knows how to strike, but... Back to Eric Nixick's point, who beautifully broke it down. It was the level-changing threat that brought about the striking success and confidence. So, you know, that kind of closes the book on where Khabib's at, man. I have no issue with saying he is a number one pound for pound. James Young in the chat says, paid in full, my Ninja Turtles. Thank you, James Young. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I saw you on Twitter as well. And, and thank you, those of you, for the kind messages. I'm just glad you were able to cash. I was able to help. Great. Thank you. That That's all on you, though. I'm just trying to serve as a reference here, a free reference um, here at the Protect Your Neck podcast. So give the video a like if you haven't. Hit the subscribe button. You're really helping me. 
And if you're listening to the audio version of this later on, which will go up later. So if you're listening to this a day later or so, thank you. And, you know, give me a five-star rating and review if you're listening on the old Apple podcast. James Young also says, Khabib has pressure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to ruin this line because my uh, screen cut it off. And I know it's comical here. He says, Khabib has pressure like an Asian childhood. James, yeah, I know you know all about that, my friend. And, and so <laughs> do I. Yeah, immediately you can hear Justin just hearing, you know, his father in the corner, you better get good grades. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, shout out to my Asians and brothers and sisters who understand that. James Young also says, unfair for Justin to have to fight an eagle. If I were a bald eagle, Karens would go nuts. All right, James Young. You know, what time in the world is this? Shout out to also everyone over in Europe. Uh, you know, in that part of the world who usually has to like watch fights at a crappy time. It's pretty cool. You guys didn't have to slug it out too much. You got some prime time viewing. Um, even though I woke up, <laughs> woke up a bit early for this show, shout out to Aaron Bronstetter. It's all good. Um, I didn't mind the morning show too much. So if you guys are any of my West coast or just, you know, North American brothers and sisters, hit me up in the chat. Let me know what you guys thought of the earlier fights. Uh, Daniel May says 4 a.m. Sunday start in New Zealand was a little rough. Yeah, man, you know what? That, that is a little rough. Although 4 a.m. is about when I woke up because for whatever reason, I woke up really on top of uh, being early. So I'm all over the place today. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. What's the weather like in New Zealand right now? I can never tell. Does it matter? Does it like what part of New Zealand you're at or, or, or what? I don't, I don't really know if the time of year necessarily dictates that over there. Would love to go. But, yeah, that, that first round was a beautiful striking uh, presentation. You know, uh, closed it for me. Um, saw some scorecards posted that people had issues with, which makes me believe that maybe someone judges scored it for Gaethje. I don't know. You guys can let me know in the chat there. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, the decision was in the books. My man Jason Herzog was late on the tap, on seeing the tap. I don't know what he saw that made him second-guess himself because – Obviously, he should have saw it, but it looked like he saw it on top of it. And then I don't know if it was the something made him second guess himself. And it's like, well, it's a championship fight. Let it go. But, yeah, thankfully, uh, you know, it was just a blood choke. Gaethje was back up and showing all class um, after Khabib hit that takedown, which I believe was a level-changing reactive shot. Not that Khabib hasn't tossed those out there. Um, they're just not his most high-percentage things. He usually uses it to grab something and steer to the fence and uh, even though the evidence, like I still defended, you know, uh, with giving credit, still defending my, my take on it. Uh, I did bring up Benny Abs uh, from the Fixed Fight podcast. So I, I got to give uh, give Benjamin there a big shout uh, because he was talking, you know, he was screaming off the top of his lungs. He doesn't need the fence. Sure enough, he finished finishes without really needing uh, the fence or at least to get the takedown to the mount position. So shout out and uh, check out that podcast. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I, I, I you know, it, I'll talk, um, just real quick on something too. I've been a bit tough as far as, um, like the all time great talk. Cause I'm such a fan of history and meaning. Um, and I, that's why, even though BJ Penn fell off a cliff in many ways for the past decade, indefensible ways. Right. However, this body of work still stands in my opinion, when you look at, you know, you know, the UFC trying to fail, trying and failing uh, three times, being the fourth time being the charm with BJ 
And you look in the times previously, like UFC 33, which ended up being one of their worst shows. You've got the cameraman trying to give verbal cues to um, Dave Navarro and uh, was it Carmen Electra? And like Carmen's like, what are you trying to tell us to say? And like, you know, it was like awful. Like they got caught essentially trying to coax promos, right? And the fight was a bust. It was Holman and Pulver. And I believe they still called it the Bantamweight division, even though it was 155. And you just look at that. So like UFC 84, you've got, you know, BJ Penn fighting for, you know, again, it's kind of one of these situations where the champ never lost. You got the dominant wrestle, wrestling champ. Uh, well, he lost it due to, you know, Schmeroids, uh, Sean Shirk. But you know what I'm saying? You're the dominant wrestling champ who never lost it in the octagon. And then you've got, you know, BJ who beat Joe Stevenson. And, uh, you know, you've got guys like Jason Statham, you know, and when the camera goes to him, you know, he just he could just be cheering and, 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 you know, enjoy his placard. But he on his own accord goes, BJ Penn, you got The Rock, who was huge then and is just nothing but huge now. Like Everyone's like, oh, he's there to wear the BMF. Like, dude, his first one is the first one the UFC The Rock was at was UFC 84 for BJ Penn to go backstage personally to meet him. So these things factor in as far as taking the sport to a new level. You know, he wasn't one of the top earners, but he was always good for that 400K pay-per-view buy, which you look in this era and where things have migrated and the content has migrated, I still think that age as well. That being said, um, even though historical stuff, you know, still might not match up in the same way, when you just look at dominance, uh, pound-for-pound fighters, which I have no issue with Kabir off retiring, as the pound for pound great. The only person that would contest that is GSP, not John Jones, uh, because of the tests, the positive tests. That's just a fact, folks. I'm not a John Jones hater. I've picked him. I've given him credit for in pound for pound, light heavyweight all time. Um, I've always been one that probably gives him more credit. So don't. I'm not being a hater here with that. Uh, when I say GSP is the only one, uh, other person that could lay claim to that throne. Sad we won't get to see that fight in a perfect world, but I totally respect Khabib abiding by his mother's wishes and honoring his father, man. He didn't have to get to the third, you know, to honor his father. Like he could have lost tonight and already honored his father. And the fact that this guy went, went undefeated truly, you know, uh, I know we all talk about the Abel Trujillo fight. I'm definitely someone who brings it up, but you know, the fact is Khabib won, man. And, uh, and yeah, James Young, Kanye West on JRE. Now, do you watching it soon? Uh, no, man. I don't know. I'm not a Kanye West fan. I don't know if I'm going to lose fans by saying that, but like, I've never been a fan. Like I felt like it was like a lot of people who were trying to be smart and trying to be in the hip hop or look smart or cool by being in a hip hop saying, Oh, Kanye's so brilliant. And I'm like, I, I don't see it. And this is before the Kanye quote unquote, Kanye going crazy stuff. And then here when he, when he teamed up with Elon Musk, I thought they just need to be sponsored by in and out burger because in, all facets of life, all the history timeline, all top fives, anything. Top three most overrated anything in life is Elon Musk, In-N-Out Burger, and Kanye West. I'm sorry. So it was almost like a perfect pairing. I'm not going to go on a rant here. Don't worry, folks. Definitely not going political. Just not a fan of Kanye West. Uh, but I'm sure that was an S show on the JRE with Kanye. Look at you getting, getting me to talk about Kanye. Uh, Daniel May says, Gaethje round one doesn't seem that crazy. He landed some big shots. He landed some big shots, and if you're following the criteria to the letter of pressure and takedown, uh, wouldn't have scored. So get you around one doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah, he did land some big shots, and yeah, I mean, I have to rewatch it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my my uh, my heel in the ground, Mister Mays. Um, 
I rewatched plenty and, and rethought before, but yeah, let, we'll have to we'll have to see on that. Uh, Daniel Mays also adds Kanye and Joe sounds like a dumpster fire. His words, not mine. He'll just be spouting nonsense with Joe going along with all of it. Yeah, man, I haven't tuned into much of uh, the new JRE, to be honest. I was on uh, Adam Curry. Uh, uh, I watched, or I was on, I watched, it's actually on a similar podcast with Adam Curry, uh, the same season as him. So watch out for that. Um, but aside from that episode, um, I haven't really seen much of Joe's new stuff, to be honest. Uh, James Young, shots fired. Love the honesty. I'm sorry. Yeah, for better or worse, mainly worse. You get honesty with me, folks. Unfortunately, Robert McKenna has entered the chat. He says, Does Whitaker have anything for Izzy? I'm a Bobby Knuckles stand, but I feel it goes the same again. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I believe uh, another one of my uh, normal uh, Twitter folk jumped in and, and you know, of the excitement of Robert Whitaker's. We're going to move on to that fight now to the co main event course we're talking about folks uh when i'm talking with robert mckenna here we're talking about robert whitaker who defeated jared cannonier uh, via unanimous decision um i'm not sure if there's 29 28s in there I, I wouldn't have minded if there was i personally went 30 27 uh that first round cannonier was definitely scoring leg kicks i'm a fan of leg kicks even though whitaker wore them well didn't show damage or much visual damage aside from some a bit of a swelling it wasn't enough for me. I'm a big, I'm a more of a big fan of overall body of work than I am of a single moment. Um, you know, so he was going to need bigger moments than that. Plus not just overall body of work, but you could really see that when I say overall, it was a variety over different places. And Whitaker was able to use those different places to key off. So he wasn't just thinking about getting countered with the jab to leg kick ratio from uh cannoneer. And you could see him taking the initiative better by mid round, uh, carrying it to the end of the round, although Cannonier at the end of round one and round three had some really strong moments. So, I mean, again, I wouldn't hate a 29-28 Cannonier if you want to give him that burst, um, but I, I still want 30-27 Reaper. And as I as I said, and no disrespect to Izzy or or Cannonier, but Izzy was calling Cannonier the dark horse, and uh, boy, did the Reaper serve him up like he was cooking for the ream. You know what I'm saying? That was that was some that was that was some classic Bobby Knux again. I said you got to be a pinpoint counter striker to really take advantage of Bobby Knuckles according to the history for what the facts have shown when it's athletic forward movers. Um, he tends to beat those guys now in defense. I don't know if it was uh, my man um, Wesley Coven shot to him. He tweeted this and I agreed where it was just like, where was this kind of the whole time in the sense of that forward pressure? Um, it's kind of Cannoneer style. A, B, it's what he needed to beat the Reaper. C, it's what Cannoneer was advertising he was going to do. So to, you know, I guess D, come late to the party with it. Really, it's been frustrating for Cannoneer better. So my, my heart's definitely out there with you there. Um, I'm just more happy because I'm a fan of Robert Whitaker and a stand of Robert Whitaker if you want to be. So just like my man, uh, Robert McKenna here. Um, so that's why I was happy. Uh, although I'm not going to lie. I did. I may or may not when I saw when I saw certain peeps uh, jinxing certain lines. I may or may not have. Uh, I may or may not have just jumped on the Bobby Whitaker train. Also, because I did pretty well making my money earlier on in the night with uh, with a chalk. It was. I mean, I, I don't even feel like I can brag for going ten one and one overall, uh, having a pretty good night because I feel like a, a lot of people did. Um, and it was chalky, so you know, not really too big on victory laps in general, especially off of chalk. But I was happy for Robert Whitaker, and um, 
hurts out to the Cannoneer betters. It's almost worse, I would say, like when the guy you bet on, like if he's gonna lose, it's like just lose already. Don't why do you gotta give me hope? You know, it's like that gift, don't give me hope. So I completely sentiment with my man there on that tweet. Um, before we move on, Daniel May says, this made me more confident Whitaker's problem is fainters who fight long. That's definitely a big problem as well. Yeah. Yeah. Credence to that. DC, uh, Mays continues, DC's narrative about Whitaker looking improved was weird. This was like every other great Whitaker performance. Uh, yeah. I, I got, although I, I will cut um, DC some slack there. In the sense of, I think he was talking more directly of Whitaker's last performance, which is, I get, and is forgivable. Uh, however, I saw a lot of people coming at the commentary. You know I love the commentary and everybody on there, so I don't want to pile on. But, yeah, there, as far as uh, the, the one thing I did disagree with the commentary was how they were calling certain fights. Um, and, again, they can't score, nor are they trying to score, so you got to cut them slack on that, folks. But let's just say I did hear y'all. Um, as far as the narratives, um, perhaps going opposite on what many of us thought. And again, it's a different point of view. They arguably have a better view than all of us. They're, they're right there watching the action. So I really try to give benefit of the doubt and cut them in slack because they're trying to do a really hard job at the same time. But I hear you. I hear you. Uh, all right. Uh, and, and aside from that, um, yeah, I, you know, Whitaker used some of his wrestling, got around, shucked around to the back pretty well. Uh, pretty nicely there. Um, I like that he's mixing these threats in, if nothing else, just to get reactions from it. And uh, we'll talk about John Crouch in his cornering because you know you can hate on him all you want, but boy, did uh, did it help uh, his fighter lower at, lower down on the card. Albeit, you know, I wasn't buying there the celebratory win at the end of this. Uh, the rightful winner, uh, the rightful winner is Whitaker. As I take a sip of water, I'm going to balance out the coffee. Let's see what's going on in the, in the chat. Feel free to jump in, leave some comments, questions. We're going to move down to the next fight, which was, ah, uh, the one I got wrong this card, uh, which I kind of I called that I was going to get wrong before it. Um, Alexander Volkov defeats Walt Harris uh, via TKO, kick to the body and punches second round, 115. Um, yeah, man, it was, uh, man. Yeah, it was uh, that that was that was tough. Um, again, admitted bias picking Walt there, plus a heavyweight fight, which is why even though it was the only official dog pick uh, that closes a dog, I think actually officially in my defense, I, I I I picked four dogs here. It's not like I picked all chalk. It's just the money's been been pretty sharp and smart and came in fast, flipping lines minus the Harris line for a reason. So. Grats on y'all that got a decent point of entry and were able to cash on Volkov, underplays, etc. Um, ooh, I got to check that. I think I did well there. I admittedly, uh, so I stayed away. Like, you know, so I, you know, I didn't put it in my play sheet. I wasn't telling anybody to go bet it on the podcast. I did end up sprinkling really small on Harris. One, because it was somewhat of a hedge, as well as so I didn't feel bad. Because uh, shout out to my bookie. Um, maybe if, uh, you know, maybe if, uh, uh, what do you call? I forgot what I was going to say, uh, but shout out to my bookie. Uh, they do these, I haven't seen any other books. Do it, so I don't want to misquote anybody here. So I'll just stick it up. They do like some kind of like last minute deals and it's sharp. They're just trying to get people to, you know, like kind of last minute shop on their way out the aisle and they'll throw in like these parlay deals and they offer Volkov and Khabib at 
plus 160 as a two-leg. And I was like, holy crap, I have a feeling I'm going to lose this fight, uh, lose this Volkov pick. And even though I wasn't like super high on Khabib and stayed away from the chalk outside of my, you know, for fun main card parlay, which which crashed. And that was like for fun, low mount, so I, all good. Um, I was like, that's really tempting. So I took it, but I'm like, I can't take this and not play my pick, especially if it's a guy like Harris, right? I am rooting for, and I feel bad for, um, but I thought that was a pretty good deal, right? Volkov and Khabib plus 260. So glad I jumped on that. Thank you, my bookie. Um, And yeah, man, that that was tough, but you know, those measured body kicks and uh, you know, Harris just couldn't find his range. Um got uncomfortable and uh yeah volkov was on point volkov looking thick too i mean a lot of talk about his tattoo but volkov looking thick and i'm not trying to assume or throw shit nothing like that i'm just saying what i saw i don't know you guys let me know what you thought uh daniel may says he thought volkov gaining 30 pounds and still having best heavyweight cardio is so unfair i know i'm looking at him and i'm like dude harris is like Got himself in like the best shape of his career and still tips the scales at 254. The man is a giant at 6'5 with like some of the broadest shoulders I've ever seen. And he looks so small compared to Volkov, who now is like, you know, he, he, he's, he's getting the thickness in there, you know? So uh, speaking of thickness, can't wait to drop this. T- I don't know if I can't wait or I'm, I'm, I'm scared <laughs> to drop this top five with my man. Uh, ben from the fight site. Uh, that's going to come on my vacation week. Plug for that. James Lawson says, keep up the good work, Dan. I'm going to book Barton this and watch it later. So apologies if you've already mentioned this, but Khabib is the GOAT conversation. Top five, top three. Good news for you, James. Thank you for stopping in, even with everything going on. Appreciate the compliment. And uh, if you're listening this far, uh, hopefully uh, you you uh, go back or are listening in the future and you've already heard uh, me cover that and yeah i give him the top spot um you know uh, active guy active guys for sure and all time you know he's got to compete with gsp obviously but yeah active guys for sure and again like i explained no shade to john jones there uh and i even uh put him right up there toward the uh, right up there at the top with uh with uh beloved bj pen pre-2009 bj pen let's just say <laughs> even you know uh as far as that goes for the lightweight division because he is uh, firmly ahead of that rep and front facing in that uh, Mount Rushmore lineup for the lightweight division. Right. Ooh, that's a great one. I, I almost don't want to tackle that. I feel like that's the gorgeous Georgian goes shout out to them. That's their uh, thing. The Mount Rushmore, but Mount Rushmore, the lightweight division, feel free to got, hit me before this chats up guys. I'll read it in the chat. Hit me up with your Mount Rushmore. That's four. If you're not familiar or if you're not American, uh, that's four, four names, uh, for, you, you know, historical, all that stuff, you know, you, you, you'd sneak in a Japanese fighter. If you, if you read my mind there, if you catch my drip, if you like, um, what's your Mount Rushmore for the lightweight division as I press on already going on a bit long here. Phil Haas defeated, uh, Jacob Malcoon KO. That was, I think I only had him in one for fun parlay, but he closed it off and, and uh, I didn't expect to cash that one. So that was nice. Good on Phil Haas. <clears throat> Lauren Murphy, Lucky Lauren defeated Lilia Shakirova, submission rear naked choke. So I don't know if I put to layer uh, Lauren Murphy with the Casey Kenny Magomed Ankalaev parlay that cash that I put in line movement and shout out to the Potomac podcast listeners. You'll cast on that plus funny parlay, but um, Lauren Murphy was like the second up at bat right there. So I layered her in 
and also Hedger with an outside parlay that avoided the whole uh, – because I knew Kenny was going to be a sweat. I'm not trying to – I ain't fronting, folks. I got lucky. Uh, so I, I kind of worked and strategized around that too. Um, and Lauren Murphy, the price, not only did it not go up, it actually kind of came back down perhaps because of the wrestling and the part of the world Shaki Rova comes from. But like this was one of the few fights that I actually taped pretty decently, like I said on the podcast. And um, Shaki Rova's got good wrestling, but A, her size, she looked small for the division, which she was, and she was going against a bigger, stronger person, which she did. Um, B, if she can get the takedown, she's not going to be able to get any control, which we saw that. And B, her jiu-jitsu, which is what ultimately tipped me, was not impressive. And Lauren Murphy, as I've been saying in this recent run she's been on, Underrated grappling when she proved right there. Not trying to victory lap, just saying. I did, I did say these things. So hopefully uh, you guys acted accordingly, and, and lucky Lauren did you well too. Happy for her, first and foremost, most importantly. Um, she is the deserved number one contender. She put it on the line like the last number one contender did, except she came out and made an emphatic statement, treated her last-minute opposition accordingly. Um, so for that reason, I'm okay you know, with her getting the next shot, but – Am I excited for someone facing Valentina? No, you guys know. You guys know I'm a fan of uh, Valentina, and uh, you know, think she's think she's a pretty good fighter there. Uh, however, I will say Lauren Murphy, one of the few fighters in that division that can match her physicality, and I will say that much. And I feel you do have to at least give her that much credit. So you know, good on Lauren. Let's see where let's see where the UFC takes it. Uh, next fight. Um, I'll go over bonuses at the end here. Magomed Ankalaev defeated uh, Ewan Kutlaba at the very end of round one, uh, 419 at least, close to the end. Uh, punches. Um, yeah, man. Kutlaba. Is light heavyweight like the home of the funniest knockouts like of, of all divisions? Like catered between Kadis and Bragamoff and like all these guys? Because it's like you've got like the trudginess and the randomness and the uh, levels, let's just say, the heavyweight division. But you've got that athletic framing, a lot lighter of a frame and a lot more of an athletic umph of an engine underneath that frame to fuel these kind of funny KOs, right? Like, um, like I used to say, like, and by the way, any of these guys hit me would not be funny. <laughs> Believe me, not get it twisted, obviously. I'm just saying, like, I used to be, you know, as if you can't tell that I'm a nerd already. Uh, I used to be in a Counter-Strike, your boy here back in the day. Um, and, uh, I used to have one of my key binds, you know, used to, you know, bind the buy keys, but one of my binds, you know, when you can actually like get in the console and mess around and hack into these games is, um, I would make sure I could just hit one key and I would do an immediate 180. So you could just like shoot the person behind you. And it looked like when, <laughs> when cute lava got knocked down the first time, like he accidentally hit the key and just ended up like turned around and you could see it in his eyes. He was like, how did I end up here? And then he had to turn around and keep fighting. I was, I don't know why I just. I try to laugh at knockouts. I hope Yvonne's okay. Um, but that was pretty funny. Um, and Dagestani Stipe uh, cashed one leg of the pile. Um, and shots to Eric Nick Nixick for the inside intel over at Extreme Couture as far as him uh, doing well on the mats there. Check the chat here. Daniel says, Daniel Mays says, ref made sure Ewan was dead before he stepped in. Yeah, man. It's like, did he watch? Did he know what he was watching coming in? Was he trying to make a point there, or uh, or what? But yeah, Ewan really uh, vents down uh, pretty, and then 
got the nail nail in the coffin there. Tai Tuivasa defeated Stefan Struve uh, via KO punches. I got to see the tally. Um, I don't know if I beat uh, Keith Gregorian. Um, 10th Planet Black Belt in the pick, pick contest. Shout out to the Verbal Tap Podcast who uh, facilitated that. Uh, I think I'm going to go on there tomorrow. I got to hit those guys up. We'll see what's up. Um, but if I lost, I have to eat 15 chicken nuggets, which uh, is probably more doable, as you can tell, compared to uh, athletic old Keith having to eat. I'm going to lower it to 15 tacos because I think I won. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I know we were opposite on this one. So thank you, Ty Tuivasa, for winning that. Um, I wasn't confident in Ty, to be honest. Uh, and um, I missed the window on plus money that was tempting me. However, to see that the under, and I've usually been an over guy. I'm like an anti-under guy. Um, I'm always contrarian over guy usually, it feels like. But I've been playing a lot of unders lately. Uh, not a lot, but a decent amount for me. And I've been doing pretty decent, you know, uh, with them. And uh, this one hit, thankfully. Um, uh, yeah, so that was some nice uh, coverage there. Um, good on tie to get back on track. Uh, sucks for Stefan. That was a funny replay. I love hope Ty gets an extra bonus shot there as he climbed the cage. Ah, the sweater of sweats, you know, but uh, in my defense, um, did call it, call that it was going to be a sweaty and called the tactics. Uh, Casey Kane defeated Nathaniel by unanimous decision. 29-28, 29 30-27. I disagree with 30-27. There were some people who I respect in my timeline, like Keith Schillen, who always does great work, follow Keith. Fantastic worth Keith does. Uh, love that guy. But uh, he, he was saying that it was defensible to go rewatch it. So I'm definitely, again, I always reserve the right to go rewatch. You guys can let me know how you scored it. Also, feel free, again, hit me with your uh, lightweight uh, Mount Rushmore in the chat. I want to read those off by the end of this episode. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I I gave it to Wood. I thought the momentum was shifting, and we had Kenny gassing, you know, like things caught up to him, travel etc which got me worried but kenny's a dog man he'll fight for your money and you know he, he hasn't been stopped or submitted in, in, in you know in program career for a reason he's not going to look for ways out when the fight's not going his way win or lose uh so instead he looked for ways to win made an adjustment got a key takedown you know i wish i could i couldn't go back uh, fast enough to find that gif or old tweet where i said uh that feeling when the fighter you bet on secures a back mount in the third round and as denzel washington doing the oh like that, I totally had that moment, and I'm sure uh, Casey Kenny Betters did. Um, the first round was close. I just felt like Kenny uh, landed the more emphatic shots. Uh, I would not have been mad if it went to Wood. And shout out to Zane Simon, who not only you know had it or picked it the same way, but uh, he was one of the other persons that kind of broke this fight down, similar to me, where essentially not only does Kenny have a grappling edge, but not just to be so blunt or black and white with it, but we both kind of suspected, and it's not. A, this this fight doesn't even prove it, and it's nothing hardline on Nathaniel Wood's ceiling, which is high, and you should not be writing a kid like Nathaniel Wood off. He's super talented. But we both suspected that he really needs to have his grappling in gear, or at least the threat of it in play, for him to get the full use and full uh, full squeeze, to fully squeeze the juice, you know what I'm saying, of his skill sets. And you could argue that that's what ultimately cost him slash became apparent as the fight um closed out uh maybe not went on because he again i thought he i thought he got round two so tough beat for uh any wood betters out there again i'm not 
I'm not victory lapping without a conscious here. Um, definitely feel free because the fight could easily go in Woods' way. Um, and I knew what I was getting into. So, you know, there's that. Uh, all right, let's push on as the results here. Almost done. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, Shavkat, baby. Submission, round one. Saw some interesting theories on Twitter about this fight. Shout out to Magic M on Twitter. Um, but yeah, man, uh, was it uh, Kazakhstan? Uh, showed us strong. This guy looks like he was a descendant of Khan, was he not? I mean... I mean, if any, you know, like I was joking with my man, uh, Brad Tastrick from the OMA Analysis Podcast. Shout out to them and their old school regime this week. But I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe if, uh, maybe if, uh, Shavkat is a, is a descendant of Khan, you know, uh, does that make him a illegitimate child? And if he's an illegitimate child, does that mean that Alex Oliver knows exactly how to deal with him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. By the way, I, love, I was watching tape and I forget it was after like the kidnapping thing happened. And like John Gooden is so polite. I wish I could have him follow me around a room and just every time I curse or say something inappropriate, like just have him go, I'd like to apologize for the colorful language. But uh, I believe he described uh, Alex Oliveira's uh, kidnapping kid child suit as like a, a family dispute, as he put it. <laughs> just like, and hey, who knows? You know, when you have that many kids and that many ladies, like, Maybe he just took the kid back to the wrong house, and you know, <laughs> maybe his mom was just a son of a, you know, <laughs> not defending the guy. I'm just saying. Uh, either way, hopefully he got some. He got paid. Um, I don't know what Oliver's contract looks like. He always comes to fights. So I don't think his, his job was jeopardized. Um, and uh, Shavkat shows that he's uh, for real, man. Again, uh, master of sports MMA, combat sambo champ. Good submissions. Can get submissions off of his back, um, which I believe I said. Don't be surprised if he does here. I ended up sprinkling uh, on rounds one and two because I missed Shavkat at dog money, and uh, I sprinkled it in a way where um, it didn't matter as long as one hit, even though there was better odds on round two. Um, I essentially made I bet it, so I made the same amount, so it really didn't matter. So that was nice, um, and you know, saw some people on the fight doesn't go the distance or the unders. And uh, I believe you you scored that too, so good on you uh, if you were able to find angles to cash in that madhouse of a fight. Um, all right. Let's uh, <laughs> go through more results here. After that, we had uh, Da and Jung split draw with Sam Alvey. Um, this was a fight where you really could have scored it anyways, which is one of those things that highlight the, the problems of pitfalls with our scoring systems in MMA. This is one where we could have had all competent judges and justifiably come up with all different scorecards. Therefore, and just the way I scored it, I do believe that the draw um, was the right outcome, um, which sucks for you. out, And it hearts out to you, Alvi betters, by the way. Um, maybe not. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say not so much to the Jung betters because, you know, I, I, I had Jung in a parlay, if I'm being honest, even though it was a small one. People I expect were on Jung. Uh, however, I, the reason why I only put Jung in one of my parlays, I, I feel like, you know, it's like, again, every card, it's like usual suspects. And it's like, give me the keys to the car, you motherfucker. You know, we got to figure out who's who's the, you know, who's the bad one here? Who's going to bust the parlay uh, of all the chalk? And, um, you know, maybe it was my soft spot for Smiling Sam. Uh, maybe it was the fact that just with, 
I, I don't know, something about the way Dong Jung and I look on his face. I could just see him just walking, doing a marching now and just, you know, walking straight into things. <laughs> Team S, shout out. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, this was one where people also had an issue with the commentary. Um, I would have to go back and rewatch this because even though I was okay with the draw, with the fight being so close, if there was a gun in my head and I had to pick a winner, um, I probably would have landed with the quiet counters and overall body of work um, Jung was landing because, again, no matter how you score it, I'm not trying to die on the hill. I do feel that, that perhaps maybe – and, again, it's not, it's not so much the commentary's job, although they can obviously involuntarily sway the gen pop. Um, but uh, it's not their job to score, so cut him some slack there. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't agree with what was being called. Uh, I feel like not a lot of the stuff Jung was doing was being called, but it wasn't enough for me to like be up in arms about it, I guess. But uh, yeah, sympathies uh, to betters, but not really because hey, at least it was a push, right? Huh? So hopefully, y'all didn't lose out too much on that. Miranda Maverick beat Liana Jojua. I actually, uh, I think I better just put a twenty spot randomly last minute on Maverick by sub. For some nice plus money, like plus two seventy five, uh, and uh, yeah, sure enough, despite you know having the health problems with the eyes, she just opts for a striking match and is able to get her out of there on the feet. Granted, it was a doctor stoppage between rounds, uh, but I wasn't mad at it, even despite the bet. Not that I care about that kind of stuff, anyways. To be honest, just, just why you bet low, kids? Um, but uh, honestly, um, you know, and I know it's the female thing, you know, the, 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 but. I would have been just as uneasy and queasy if it were a male for what that's worth. Now you can disagree with me on those terms. That's completely fine. But hopefully you don't accuse me of doing uh, of, of the uh, being the sexist card. Cause uh, I do agree that that is, that does exist in our world and in the sport. I'm not denying that. Um, I'm just saying that I did, didn't necessarily disagree with the stoppage for whatever is that that's worth. That's somebody who bet on a submission prop, which maybe we could have cashed if that fight were, allowed to keep going so lastly but not leastly joel alvarez defeated alexander thunder of the north here kovlev you know if he was thunder of the south maybe i would have bet jesus yeah well either way kovlev drops <laughs> another fight uh which is tough what is that like uh, two in a row oh he's coming he's coming off a win nope two in a row that's right R roosevelt roberts um Loses his first round armbar. Yeah, that was surprising. You consider, you know, this guy's been in there, Damian Maya and other big names at welterweight. And um, this lightweight, you know, who's on the come up in more ways than one. Boy, did Alvarez look big in there. And not in a suspicious way. I'm just saying, like, that could be a guy that goes up to welterweight. Um, and as soon as he hit, I was like, man, I should have been on that. <laughs> I felt like easier said than done. Minus 185, it closed high. It was actually sitting lower uh, for the majority of the week. So people, whether you're playing that straight or parlay that or whatever, I was like, wow, that was nothing like when you hit an easy leg like that. So props to props to anybody who uh, made money off that fight. All right, before we uh, recap, let's go back over to the chat. Feel free to pop in your Mount Rushmore, four names of who you think should be in the Mount Rushmore lightweight. Um, did Khabib surpass finally BJ Penn in your eyes, or was he already there? As most of you will probably say yes, because you will look at record and recent body of work. Of course, I'm trying to incorporate all while – giving history it's due daps nevertheless man you got to give khabib his due daps he is the man he is the best pound for pound active pound for pound fighter he's got an argument for all time as well as pound for pound and lightweight 
Um, just, you know, uh, you know, hey, he didn't fight all in lightweight. A lot of those fights were catchweights, technically. Uh, but obviously, yeah, I mean, I get it. You didn't fight out of the weight class, but, you know, I you know, wouldn't have hated to see maybe that GSP fight. But, hey, man, you know, how many undefeated fighters have been able to retire at MMA at a high level like this? It's tough, man. It's tough. So you, you really got to give credit. And uh, I know I picked against him before. Uh, I know I love to play contrarian Dan, although aptly so. And I backed it up with facts when I did in the past. Man, all credit, all hats off to Khabib uh, as far as that goes. Again, uh, not saying you got to be a fan of him as a fighter or as a person. Obviously, man, it's a fight game, right? But I'm just I'm talking strictly as a fighter and his accomplishments and and trying to judge unbiasedly. I, I got to give him my credit. Um, off the top of my head, lightweight lightweight uh, Mount Rushmore. It's hard because it's like I would put guys like Jim Miller because I'm a big Jim Miller fan, but that's not exactly how it works. Um, Jens Pulver, the godfather, man. Got to give credit to Jens Pulver, who was, you know, fighting when lightweight was 170, you know, in the UFC and those, those back in those days. And then when 155 was Bantamweight, like I referenced earlier in the program. Uh, so you got to have Jens there. Uh, BJ, Khabib, and um, I'll go ahead and, you know, I'm going to throw Gomi in, and maybe that's a little biased too. But Gomi's name meant something when I was coming into this sport. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, man, I mean, I saw a lot of fighters come through, train a regular basis at Extreme Couture, not one, whether it's movie stars or fighters to get starstruck. I don't care. I'm there to do my business. My low self-esteem allows me to leave people alone. Um, so it's not a big deal. But like Gomi was one of those dudes where he stepped into the gym and I was like, oh, shit, that's Takanor Gomi. Pride. You know, his fight with Jens. Holy crap. Rumble on the Rock, his fight with BJ. So I feel like those are those are the names for um, Hall of Fame there as far as that goes. Um, just want to give another shout out to, to the Verbal Tapcast, at Verbal Tapcast for having me on. Follow uh, follow my outlet, Line Movement, linemovement.com, at line underscore movement on Twitter. The MMA betting show that me and Dan Levy from the Half the Battle podcast, we do every week. We uh, record on Wednesdays. It's out on Thursday. We recorded earlier this week. We had a guest this week, which really went well. Shout out to Coach Eric Nixick. His analysis all aged well. Um, we're definitely going to have him back on. I'm going to have him on this program. and We're going to try to get more guests over there. So please help this channel, help that channel. Like the video if you haven't already. Again, give it the old subscribe. Uh, or if you're already subscribed to an Apple podcast, give it the old five-star ratings and review. Of course, you can all support this free content that's going to keep coming your way by going to the host website, mixedmarshallanalyst.com. You can visit the on it and Amazon click-throughs. You click through through just no clicks, uh, just through no cost of a couple clicks, really. You support the podcast for free. A small percentage of your purchase will go back to this program. I assure you it's used there. So we'll be back in Vegas, no fight island drop for the foreseeable future. I have a feeling, especially with the way COVID's going, uh, we'll be back at fight island. So I'll probably have to save this uh, bad, um, you know, Batman one Joker slash borderline Scarface backdrop here. Um, going to go on. I'm going to see you guys next week for the Hall Silver card. We'll be on vacation for the two weeks after that. But we'll have top five shows with, again, like I mentioned, uh, Ben Khan from the fight site. Uh, for top five thick fighters. Also going to have Phil McKenzie from Heavy Hands. So we're figuring out a top five right now. Feel free to hit me up with those at Dan Tom MMA. Follow the podcast at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. We won't spam your feed. 
but it sure helps a lot. And uh, yeah, all right, anything else in the chat? Nope. All right, guys, I don't want to take up any more time. I really appreciate for those of you who joined me on the YouTube channel, helping this, helping this thing grow. I really appreciate you guys, especially on these long stretches. Hopefully you all did well. And until next time, protect 